Right. Hello, guys, and welcome to Behind the Bunker. It is episode 492, uh, podcast number 370. My name is Todd Ansich. Thank you very much. Uh, we are here for our weekly paintball show slash podcast. If you're watching us live, you're seeing us on YouTube or Facebook. If you're listening to us in Rewind, it's most likely on anywhere that you get your better podcast from. So thank you guys for tuning in. It's not just me tonight. I have Josh Zuby Zabrikas with us. Yeah, buddy. Uh, live from the comfort of my own home. As comfortable Good. as it gets. Uh, I like to uh, say a big thank you to everyone last week who not only liked and shared the show, but liked and shared our highlight show, which was all of about 15 minutes. But hey, it was a good time. So thank you for all who did that and uh, maybe look forward to another one this week, Todd. Well, that's up to you guys. Maybe. Gavin will and I. Will there be a highlight? Assuming we end up with a highlight from this show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then, uh, hey, what about Joe Kimson from Flaggerders Paintball? He's back. Hey, greetings, and thanks for tuning in to Beautiful Behind the Bunker. I am live. I was just in the process of hashtag like and sharing uh, the show. So we'll, we'll get that out there to the masses. Hopefully, uh, everyone else will join in, watch the show, and participate. And I will turn it over to my friend, uh, him, whether he's below, beside, or whatever on people's <laughs> screens, it's him. To say what a great friend that you know him by first name. Why well, he was going to introduce himself? <laughs> he, she, him, they, they, Z. I think is actually his preferred pronoun. <laughs> As he sits there waiting for a quiet moment that we're not giving him. I'll I'll just log out. That's okay. <laughs> no, stay. Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is behind the bunker. It is Monday. It's going to be a paintball show, and you better hit that like and share button because I got the Acrite juice ready to slap you upside the head. Uh, make sure you hit like and share and enjoy the program so everybody knows what's going on Monday night. Let's get into it, folks. Yeah, yeah. Nice to see everybody. I, I'm I, I'm seeing all you guys logging into Facebook. That's awesome. If you guys are watching us on Facebook again, hit that like and share and share it to any. Uh, paintball groups you belong to and i see you guys logging in on youtube as well i don't know what you do on youtube other than comment and share uh as well as hit that thumbs up button so thank you guys for tuning in uh we got lots on the show tonight tonight we're going to be talking about i promise what is the first paintball gun you guys ever shot we want to know we're going to watch you guys in the live chat so you can go ahead and post that up when we start talking about that and maybe we'll get your response up on the show uh, a couple other things, guys. Uh, history, or sorry, not history. Paintball Media has come up with their uh, this month's episode or online magazine, the most influential people in the game's history. Make sure you guys check out it. It is a special yeah. edition. Um, and then over here, guys, speaking of Paintball Media, the Jeremy Som Sniper Incident. Make sure you guys sign up for their Patreon and get watching that. Go to patreon.com slash paintball.me or paintballmedia and watch it. We had a good uh, good rant about it last week, so make sure you guys, uh, if you haven't listened to our last week's podcast, go back and check that out. Also coming April 20th, the Tim Montrester documentary. You're not going to want to miss that, so definitely uh, get subscribed up over there. And uh, if you want to know more of what happened last week, we did release a highlights video. Check that out. That's on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, everywhere else. You get your, your media from us. Last week, Chase Traffic Morris was watching the show. And he was double screening it. Look at that. This is a view from his uh, from his desktop. What do you think? Looks That's good. Great. I don't know if you need to have double two of you. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I I think his prescription is different in each eye, so he needs one bigger than the other. I'm not sure. Maybe. Like a little Todd, a little a Todd on Todd action. Oh, Todd yeah. on Todd. <laughs> wow. Uh... Oh no! Hang on a second. Go back to that photo. We just discovered that Chase is one of those people. Yeah. One I, of those one of those twenty seven tabs open at one time people. Mm, that's uh, true. I. And why uh, is why is uh, so many Pornhub tabs open? Oh whatever, that's that's for Chase to, to talk about. Guys, we have a few patches left. If you want any of the behind the bunker patches with the Velcros on them where you sticks to your, your jackets and jerseys. We are selling it for 10 bucks plus postage. Uh, that's all I got left. So if you want them, uh, there's a stack going out in the mail tomorrow. And then uh, I'll do another run this week if anybody wants them. Just send us a message and we'll send you uh, a link to where you can uh, get them from. We breezed over this last week and I want to make sure we gave it its due. Did you guys see that the CS2 now has the mech frame kit that you can add right to it? Yeah, buddy. 
Yeah. Cool. I think we briefly talked about it during the uh, the sponsor roundup, but there you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys want to uh, not only have the performance of a CS2 when you're playing, but want to have the mechanical ability, now you can get that just bolter on. So, I just want me an MG100. <laughs> I just want me an MG100. <laughs> too much Yellowstone going on. I watched too much Yellowstone. That was more trailery than than Yellowstone, though. You, you reckon it was? I don't know. <laughs> reckon yada. Uh, also, Anola Gay, have you guys seen these? The new patches they came out with? Uh, I meant the email. Those are slick. Fantastic. Um, Josh got his own his own patch there. Or the ball cap, the EG paint. <laughs> yes. Looks good. Yeah, yeah, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of podcasts we were talking about before, we are now uh, up on Amazon Music. I was just told that they uh, picked up our, our uh, whatchamacallit, and uh, Player FM. Not sure who they are and why they picked us up, but they did. Thank you very much. So another two platforms for you guys to check us out on. Uh, 2021 NXL event schedule. Make sure you guys check it out. The first big events happening in Dallas for the pro event. And uh, some of the uh, the local series are already going to be happening before that. But definitely check that out. A couple events in your area. World War or sorry, World at War Crimson Dawn. Uh, Joe will be there in spirit. That happens April 9th to 11th. Ooh. Brandon, and where is it? Spirit. Sorry, where was it? <laughs> French <Joe? laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There we go. Brandon B-Rad Page. Make sure you sign up with him and play Laporte, Indiana at Sherwood Forest for Super Game Indiana. Uh, save the game or save the date, guys. Here's all the Mission Masters events for the next little bit. Make sure you guys sort yourselves out for that one. Lake Norman Paintball is having airsoft and axe throwing as well. Check out this Scenario Big Game event. Uh, that's happening over the Valentine's weekend. Uh, Alien versus Predator, April 24th to 25th. Total Carnage, Black Ops Paintball. Uh, that's another event we want to tell you about. And lastly, Jurassic. Uh, this one is new here as well. Make sure you guys check that one out. That's happening at Battlefield nice. in March on the 26th to the 28th. That's all I got for what's in the news today, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to move on and get to you guys some great new stuff. We have a vault segment tonight. We have some mail time. We have some custom corner to get to. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the topic at hand. Why don't we show Joe's vault this week? And then when we come back, we'll get right into tonight's topic, which is what was your first paintball marker you ever shot? Hey, it's uh, Joe from Flaggers Paintball. We're here with another segment of From the Vault, where we go back in time, back into the early days of paintball. Today... I was rummaging around because I do some rummaging and we're in a pandemic. I pulled out, this is one of my PGPs. This one has been modified because apparently they lost the back plug on the back. So they invented a bolt and some sort of buffer gizmo held in with an O-ring. It's got a quick change in it. Uh, this is um, probably a second generation because the pump is aluminum. Um, I don't know if it works because I can't get the quick change out. I think everything's just spinning. I'm going to have to do a little bit of uh, work on it as well. But this is uh, a PGP 12 gram pump action pistol made by Benjamin Sheridan in Rasheen, Wisconsin. Anyway, you've been watching Behind the Bunker and From the Vault. See you next time. Pew, pew. Are you coming to me? Nice. Well, that was my um, Sheridan, one of my Sheridan uh, PGPs that was clearly a second generation because they as has the aluminum or the metal pump. The third generation had a slightly longer barrel as well. And the polymer pump, the very first ones, you didn't have a pump. You just cocked them out. You just cocked them out the back and then and, and shot. So kind of a bolt action affair much like the Nelspot 007. So that was kind of cool. Um, that one, I think I, I've decided I will sell that one. And um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go out the door. Those uh, third gen ones that had the polymer slide cap on the top where you load your, your paintballs. Yes. was made out of, I, I didn't think this was possible, but plastic that was even more brittle than an egg. <laughs> I don't know. Is that really? Is that possible? Mine, I, I owned mine for all of about two weeks, and it shattered. Hmm. Oh, 
I was extremely disappointed. And you cannot find replacement parts. Didn't they make them out of recycled eggs? They took Probably. the egg plastic, melted them down, and... It I, seems like it was not virgin egg plastic. It was biodegradable <laughs> egg. It was an environmentally friendly uh, loader system. It's actual eggs. Eggshells. Yeah, so there you go, guys. If you want uh, something else out of Joe's vault, if you have anything specific, send him an email or uh, get, a, get a hold of him through any of our social media outlets. And maybe he's got something he can drag out and show you guys. I have something neat. I'm gonna for next week. It, it's kind of it's kind of cool. And I I was looking for a couple things today, and I pulled it out. And I go, oh, that's neat. So I'm gonna that'll be next week. Yes, I pulled it out, Gavin. Good one. <laughs> Remember, if you're gonna do that, as we keep saying, do it at home. Yeah, yes. there we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, what was the very first gun that you guys have ever shot uh, as a paintball gun? Uh, you guys have sheets from people who have sent in their responses. Uh, Gavin, let's talk to you first. What was the very first thing that you shot? And huh. and I'm going to add one other thing to that. Not only have you shot, but what was the first gun you purchased? Okay, so Todd, I'm glad you asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first gun I shot was a, at the time, I guess sort of a PMI tracer. And that was the rental marker, a pump marker at Flagrater's Paintball Games, where I played my first paintball game ever. Um, so it was a 140 round hopper, seven ounce CO2 tank. Um, it had an auto trigger on it for, ooh, you know, for peppering people uh, downrange. So um, that was the first gun I absolutely shot and loved and fell in love with the sport. Follow up question to that is what was the first marker I purchased? It was a Brass Eagle Tiger Shark pump. Um, so I purchased that from Champions Paintball Supplies from Aldo Perone, um, which was $100 even, I believe, which came with a seven ounce tank, two, a VL200 um, hopper, and, uh, and the Tiger Shark itself. So I, I, I went from pump to pump and uh, still love the, the genre. And uh, that's what got me hooked into the game. Nice. Gavin leading by one on the genre meter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe, what? Actually, we'll go to you last. Uh, Josh, what about you? I honestly do not know what the first actual marker I shot was. Um, I think it was about '96 at Flag Raiders. Wow, you're not old. Sure, not sure what. Probably a yeah, tra I, probably a stingray or a trait. No, probably a tracer. Might be a spider. No, uh, no, that was too early. No, it wasn't a spider. Even a piranha, Pro, a prolite maybe. Maybe a Kitman prolite Possibly if you upgraded. We had prolite, uh, so we upgraded. I'm not sure. I was like 14 at the time. Was it semi-automatic or was it pump? I believe it was pump. No, it would have been the tracer. No, it was semi-auto. <laughs> prolite or a stingray yeah. then? So, what was know. your first gun that you stingray. purchased then? Uh, the first gun that I purchased was a mini mech. <laughs> okay. That's quite a thing. <laughs> Josh yes. has got that that's, uh, the... <laughs> that's quite that's quite the leap. <laughs> yes. It was I went straight you to went the top in. and it's all been downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. Uh first gun I ever shot was a spider uh comp uh compact TL plus. It didn't work, so secondary gun was a spider compact. Uh as I turned it in and got that. And then my first gun purchased, I guess, was a KP three. Joe, what about you? This will be interesting. And next week, we're going to get Matt. We're going to get him a microphone in his home studio. Um, the first gun I ever shot was a Nelspot 007 at Survival Game, and it had oil-based paint. I won't bore you guys with that, but that was the first gun I I ever shot. Um, then Flag Raiders, as a field, bought Mark One Uzis, for rental guns that was our rental gun so that really doesn't count but then the first gun that i ever bought and i carried in this shoulder holster was a splatmaster um just the splatman uh, the stock basic splatmaster that was my first gun that i ever purchased for myself so i'd be running with a mark one uzi and then i'd in a shoulder holster i have on the splat master that i would pull out and you pull that out people go oh, he's got this crazy gun and then you'd shoot them so that was my <laughs> first ever purchase gun can you imagine back in the day guys if like right now 
there's so many guns on the market back then there was only like a handful so when you came to the field with something new it was a historic occasion right now the only way to get get yourself noticed is if you have a wacky color or something kooky but that's got that that must have been fun what you know back then you didn't there was no paintball magazine there was no nothing like you sort of randomly found out about things like there was no internet there was no paintball magazines you know fax machines hadn't even been invented yeah. like you were getting shit in the mail in an envelope that came from somewhere with a stamp on it but <laughs> how how i ever got got that but i guess once you found out then you would phone and say hello my name's joe i run flag raiders paintball what Flag Raiders. Oh, no, Flag Raiders Adventure Games. And then you'd have to explain what that was. You'd call it a war game. And then they would look at you like your head was on fire. Then you'd have to say, you know, in the game where you go out into the forest and and shoot people with a gun that shoots a paintball. And yeah. then you'd have to say, it was, on, it was in People Magazine in whatever month. And they'd go, oh, I think I read that article. Or it was in TV Guide or something. That'd be, a good that'd be a good discussion for another show is how well do you think paintball is known? Because a lot of people right now, they ask, you know, when you're doing stuff, they say, well, you know, what do you do for a living or what do you do? And I say, well, you know, I own a paintball field and you can kind of see them half understand what that is. Um, but it's getting better than it was before. Um, now people either that or they're just being polite. But uh, be curious to know what if the perception of paintball is much better now than it has been in, in years past. Oh, look at the chat form. Jamie King says the first gun he ever bought was his car 50. Jamie King bought one of those VM 68s um, that was converted by protein products and it was the car 68 AT. So that was pretty crazy. And you got to um, think he's the president and CEO of Angel North America. He could have had all he, kinds of things. He is. That's well, a lie. Like, Jamie's first paintball <laughs> marker was a, was a slingshot. <laughs> And then you can ask him what his first boots are he ever bought, and he'll tell you what they were. Um, hey, Mike Thompson in the live chat says his first gun that he purchased was a Timmy uh, because the Spider TL Plus was a gift. Not much of a gift there, Mike Thompson, that's for sure. Uh, Connor says that he bought a Tipman A5, but he shot an SL68 pump as his first one. Uh, and little Bobby Spicer in the chat says uh, first gun he shot was a Mark I Uzi at Flag Raiders back in 1987. Jesus. And then his first, then the first gun he bought was a, a brass eagle spider, a bat, brass eagle nightmare from us. So that's that's, right. that's kind of cool. When you figure how many people that are still playing paintball, but they got they got their start in paintball at flag raiders. It's kind of cool too when you start to think about that. We've been around long enough. We've been around that so many of these people. The first place they ever played paintball was at Flaggers, like Wolf and Bob Spicer mm. and stuff like that. It, you know, yeah. uh, Spicer. Spis Spicer Bob, yeah. Bob Spicer, sorry. Yeah. Isn't it Bab Spicer? <laughs> Bab Spicer. Bab um, Spicer. Marcello. <laughs> yeah. Marcello Paintball Gun Tech Costa says that his first gun was a Autococker Evolution 98. That'd be a good one to start with. Um, we're getting a Dragon's G6R. That's not a hard like some, yeah. I mean, that's an easy one to start with for sure. Model Model ninety eight and 007, Roger Weaver, uh, John Amoda saying, "What up, people?" So we're watching the live chat, guys. Post up there and see what uh, see what you guys are doing. Mike W in the uh, YouTube chat says, "Spider extra for me." Had it for five years from Walmart, so he only played once in five years. Mike, Mike um, Hancock had bought a, a Tipman Pro Carbine. Then he bought an Automag. Like it's pretty, it's pretty crazy when you start thinking about, you know, Shane Free and F's Two Illustrator that never worked, just like they never work now. Um, so that's pretty, pretty neat when you start to think about the history and, and, and how long, you know, how long we've been involved in, in the paintball sport. What about you, Gappin? Do you have uh, do you have anybody on your sheets? Yes, I was trying to get into there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's your show, Joe. Whatever, right. I'm going to leave now. It doesn't matter anyway to what I say. Okay, right, from the, but hold the on a sec. You guys both keep threatening to leave. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got nowhere to go. <laughs> I'm just There's good kidding. TV on tonight. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't wait to get back to the studio so I can have some sandwiches again. I'm yes, starving. Yes. All right. So from the Instagram world, uh, Paintball100 said he started with a Brass Eagle Stingray 2. Yes. Great marker. Wow. Wow. Uh, and Tepley04, Tipman Rental, uh, no air, and tried to shoot on the field and failed. What the hell happened there? What kind of field is that? <laughs> uh, Kevin in the YouTube chat says his PMI Tracer was the first marker he shot. Um, uh, Spider Service Compact, first marker he bought. There you go. I got a bunch here on my sheets. We didn't even talk about those. Grant Higginbotham in 1995, the field we play at now. Um, PGP Pistol. Tracy Santos, a Green Rebel. Damian oh. Baker, WGP Ranger. 1989 ish. Um, John Maskin, a Spider Compact. Um, Anthony Gladys, a pump, rental pump 1990. He doesn't know. Alan Martin, PMI Tracer, Brass Eagle Poison. Good lord. USI Eliminator. Um, Adam Corson, PGP, Fall of 88. Blaze Renzio says, uh, tipping model 98. Yeah, I think a lot of people's first gun would have been a 98 or a 98 custom. Thousands and up. thousands of people could say that. For sure. For sure. Kevin Kemzumik, first marker was an original tracer, first semi of VM68. That's pretty crazy. Derek Lowe's Flatmaster, then a Crossman 3357 many years ago. Charles Derek, Dean in 1997 says a Tipman 68 carbine. Those Tipmans getting people into the sport and keeping people in the sport. Yeah. Um, Second to Tipman, what would you think the next gun would be? Spider? As Stingray. the most popular. No, but as the most popular first gun purchase? Probably a Spider or a Piranha. Chase Traffic Morse was a 98. And then Mindy Mindy Medina, KP2, got for his 16th birthday. Wow. Kind of cool. Okay, so this is a one that really uh, caught my eye. So Christopher Delicious Pringle uh, mm. says his first marker was the actual gotcha gun. You know, wow. those, um, yeah, that, that pack oh, of, uh, the I don't know, they were like 43 caliber paintballs. But yeah, so it was a gotcha gun that he first shot. Jeez. Josh, what about you? You have some? Yeah, I've got a good one here from David Howard. It says a green spider imagine. I still have it. I'm a hoarder. No, David, you're not. Hang on to everything you got. Don't sell it. It's your first one. It's your baby. Even if it is a spider. If you're a skier or a hockey player, I can understand you selling and trading up and trading up and trading up. But when it comes to your paintball stuff, you always need extra stuff to have as backups and to loan out to other people to get them all out there. I don't know what other sports like that, but with paintball, you should never sell any of your gear. Yeah, I don't. I, I, aside from actual firearms, I don't think. But even still, I don't know much. if I would sell an actual firearm. I mean, you got it because you liked it. Keep it. Get a different one if you're. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. So, I don't know. I think we've we've talked about this numerous times on the show, and that great regret each of us has selling any of our equipment. Oh yeah. Um. So you know, yep. if you are just starting out, or if you have a bunch of gear that is sitting in a rubbermaid bin or a garage or something just leave it there uh there's nothing worse than selling it making a couple of bucks for it and thinking this is great but yeah. that regret it's so soul defeating uh, don't Gavin, sell your stuff regret regret uh, yes no regrets <laughs> elliot darno uh, has a good thing he says what about the best um your best new backup <laughs> yeah uh, i got a good one in here from steve preskill um I'm not sure if he wants us to actually read it out, but I'm going to anyways. This is the Talon, complete with Walmart protection plan. Nice. Oh, shut up. I oh, hope he saved that awesome. receipt. <laughs> and said, uh... used it once and then bought new stuff. Yeah. Now, Bab Spisser. Lesson learned. Says he bought three used guns from me. They were not my guns that my own personal ones. I think the ones you got were all new stuff that just I had. I just hadn't used yet. If now, you... uh... Bab also responded and sent in a picture of his <laughs> side Mark to Uzi, courtesy of Flag Raiders Adventures. Ah, oh, well done. And uh, I got one here from the genre from Shane Hurd that hasn't been said yet. And that, of course, is the Splatmaster Rapide. Ooh. No one said Rapide yet. Oh, no, I haven't heard that. So we'll, throw that we'll throw that gun in there. In interesting. I read through my whole list and 
of the list that I had, like three pages, I didn't have anyone that said their first pistol they used was the eight shot, six, the 62 caliber eight shot repeater that the adventure game, adventure, the great Canadian adventure game or the adventure game of America used. It's kind of, um, it's neat. And, th and that, that company in, in, in the early 80s, in the late 80s, they were running full page Toronto Sun ads and their places were packed. But it's interesting that none of the, the people that are, are have read or are currently watching this show use use an eight shot um, repeater. Kind of it's an, an interesting of the thousands of people that played. This um this is what I, I find interesting when it comes to people who originally played. Phil uh Velasquez sends this one in says uh, from an unknown company uh known as aci or as air concept industries i like hearing about those smaller um those named companies, companies that you don't really hear yeah that you don't really hear much about this it's, it's kind of neat that his first gun was from one of those really rare uh companies that you don't hear a whole lot of right yeah um lisa Couple, weber sorry. also brought up a good point she said gavin said the word genre time for a drink isn't that isn't that the point of the game now you guys are just starting. Mm. <laughs> I, I've got some already in the uh, the hopper already, so I, I pre <laughs> I pre genre. <laughs> All right. So uh, Tanner Kingston says uh, the first marker he shot was a J or purchased was a JT Tac Five Recon, and Mike Mike Bogolub uh, says 1982. He had a no, sorry, he has a photo there. I I can't really make out at this point. And uh, Julian. Christie says uh, Brass Eagle Nightmare was the first gun he, that he purchased. So oh boy. thank you for those contributions and walk down memory lane, folks. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you guys have a suggestion for a topic of the show, post it up in the live chat or um, send us an, a, an email or DM or a PM, depending on what uh, way you want to get a hold of us on social media. Uh, why don't we cinch up that topic for this week, guys, unless any of you have anything else to, to, to shout out. I'll, I'll take that as a no, Todd. Nope, very good. All right, I want to tell you guys about something, and then we'll move on. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get to Custom Corner, uh, where you guys send in some of your custom stuff. Then we'll get into some mail time. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at Planet Eclipse. Did you know that Planet Eclipse has more championships, new mechanical markers, new electronic markers, hey, new territory, including the new MagFed division? Get Planet Eclipse and take on the world. I'm working on it. When the world's, when the world's leading manufacturers, <laughs> Anola Gazer was leading manufacturers, smoke grenades, thunder flash, airsoft, and paintball grenades for use in theater, film, photography, and of course, paintball. Pull a tab on an EG at your next event. Hashtag pop smoke. And look at their new patches. They're pretty amazing. With thick welded seams, stainless steel hardware, multiple color options, it makes AirUps the number one choice for inflatables on and off the field. Made in America by Brent Davis and his crew, get airups.com. Dreams fade. Ruthless paintball products, color sublimation, and craftsmanship never die. On or off the field, Ruthless keeps you fresh. Use their promo code BTV15 right now for 15% off your order. Adapt, create, and win. Exalt is in our blood. Make your game boil. Get Exalt. Available worldwide. Worldwide. In the beginning, you fall out of a tree, stumble down a rocky cliff, way chest deep through a mosquito-infested bog. Then you realize you're surrounded. It's party time. You own a Tipman now. Combine Empire, JT, Tipman, and V-Force to get the world's largest distributor, everything paintball, core sports. DLX Technology, guys. True industry innovators with some of the lightest, fastest, and sleekest hardware in paintball. DLX has the power to get you guys to the podium, and that's where you want to be. Um, quick shout-out to Connor. He says, if we can only get EG products in Australia. Nice. We have more people watching from Australia. That's fantastic. Uh, Bob Spicer has a good idea. He says, uh, worst experience or worst thing that ever happened while you were playing paintball. That's a good topic as well. We could probably do that over the next week or two. Um, there we go. Jamie King says, why doesn't your chat have spell check? <laughs> Come on. Look at all of us That's that watch. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. like to point out that someone has sabotaged my bell. They've put this little piece of paper 
in the bell, so oh, it was nice. very. Now it's much more belly. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna jam this in Parker's Xbox controller. So when he yeah, I mean, it, it's not a great, not, not a whole lot of detective work. This is all an internal operation. Right? Narrowed right. down from your family. All right, they ladies like and gentlemen, why don't we uh, give Josh a little bit of time to shine with some of the gems he's found this week. Uh, we've asked for you guys to send in some custom gear, and boy, oh boy, you did. Yeah, we've got like 10 pages. We won't go through all one. 10 pages tonight, though, right, Josh? No. <laughs> no, we don't have enough time or rum for all that. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, let's get it started with our friend Neil Chittendon sends in his custom beautiful looking a5 what a beautiful paint job on there neil yeah now the next one up comes from ben rex there's a little bit of a, a write-up here so yeah i'm gonna and I'm do gonna... my best to go through this here started life as a standard emet now it had inceptions designed fle body and fang trigger two wonderful upgrades Northern Custom Works leather wrapped wood foregrip NWC back cap in NWC Ninja Softball. Planet Eclipse low rise feed neck with tan grips. Uh, he's just waiting on matching pops to come in uh, back from the anno. Deadly Wind H air valve, uh, anode by anodizing services, and, uh, has a custom freak ready NWC personalized barrel with uh, Molnar tip. Porting in one off battle anode aluminium axe head barrel stock. That's fantastic. Uh, Durlin insert to protect the anode from the na dirty, nasty scratches. This is quite the EMAC. I think we could give this one the award to most custom EMAC, and it is quite the piece of machinery. It's beautiful. I like the leather wrap foregrip. Fantastic. Any gun that's got wood added to it. Yeah, the wood makes it good, really. Absolutely. It's, it's like the, and uh, this coming in from top fan of the show, Steve Tippin. Sends in his Tippin TMC threaded for a Delta Ring, real steel handguard stock and tiered drop forward assist, uh, killhouse mag release carry handle and a 14 inch barrel, printed grip and wrap for front sight. Like the collection of. Um, that's, a, cool stuff. that's for his son for Vietnam Vietnam paintballing in it's, the Nam. It's very Vietnam-y. Super Vietnam-y. I have one more here, Josh. Yeah, uh, last but not least, uh, this is from Jared Skibo. It's his H7 AZ Reel, uh, which is a Hammer 7 and a Pro Mag Archangel stock. Wow. She's that's a beautiful. Beautiful looking clothes on there. Uh, yeah. Would not kick that out of my gear bag. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any sort of custom gear you want us to showcase, send it in to us via any of our social media channels. We'll try to get it on the show. Uh, Josh, how did you like having some time to shine there? Oh, it's great, Todd. I always like talking about pictures on the audio podcast. <laughs> well, now it's Gavin's time to shine, but Gavin even gets a bumper, doesn't he? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I got to do that. You got to throw I, me off. I have a couple anyways. If you, All if right, you it can. is mail time, the time where I get to rip open my sack and read some of the correspondence. And ladies and gentlemen, that you have sent in, those are those burning and itching questions that you probably should talk to a doctor, not us about. Uh, so the first question, is this the video one or the uh, the uh, the picture one, Todd? Uh, yeah, let me load up the picture. All right. Uh, it comes to us from our good friend Neb Nella, and he wants to know what was with the little window on my VL94. <laughs> that's that's a Ferris Bueller's day off. Um, no. <laughs> no, no, not even close. I, I tried. Like so what's uh yeah what's with the little window? What's it for? It's pronounced Winda. Winda. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I don't know the real answer. If anybody does chime in, I can only hazard a guess. Maybe it was at one time in, uh, um, designed so that you could put um, a feed gate into it. 
that could be a cutout and a feed gate might drop in. Pardon the simplistic nature of the question, but isn't it just there for a window to see into the loader? Is the plastic to you guys, does it look like it's a little clearer than the translucent lid of the... Maybe it was just glued in so you could see in. Clearer, and that could be made more clear with the addition of enhancement of some Windex. Oh, yeah. I, I I don't know. Maybe that's all that it ever was. I mean, th before this lid, there really wasn't any sort of clear loaders. When was the first clear loader? The Eggy? The Halo? The, the Quantum? Original, uh, BL200s. They the had original uh, it was loader lids were black. Well, they weren't clear. They were translucent. Like this is hey, now you're that. splitting your hairs. No, I want to know. Well, I, if I want to see your balls across the field, I, I would, I'd like a clear loader, right? Like an egg or a, a Halo TSA or a Halo loader. A pulse, if you will. Uh, pulse. Yeah. I, I oh. wonder if it's... Um, I think I, I know what it is. Okay. They originally came with black lids with a clear window, did they not? They did. I'm willing to bet it's nothing more than a mold thing from the factory. Because they probably made them in black with a clear window that let you see in. And instead of creating an all-new mold from it, they probably just used the same mold but with black plastic to put the window in. Yeah. Check out the big brain on Josh. <laughs> I don't well know. Done, I, Bobby Doust has a good comment. I don't think it's 100% correct, but when I read it, it was like, good call. He said, what about the square timer that went there? The JT uh, the timer. But it would have been a different timer, size. So, yes. Th originally, that's what I thought, but that actually fit nicely on the, um, I guess, the battery um, harness of, uh, of the BL2000. Yeah. So that would not fit a, a talking timer, but... Um, back in the day, before the talking timer, people used to use stopwatches and, and velcro or yeah. glue it, yeah, on top of that the lid. So maybe all that's right. um, that's what could it be. Uh, We're all going to look really stupid now because someone actually posted the real answer in the live chat, and now you're all going to feel foolish. John Jones, it's a portal into the parallel universe. Um, can you go back and edit the show so we look really, really smart? <laughs> no, no, I think you're no. right, John Jones. We'll go back and we can John's, all John's wrong. John's wrong. That window was on the bottom. Ah, there's nothing I want to see on John's bottom that requires a window. <sighs> All right, can we move on? A week we doesn't go by when I don't insult do. John Jones. We don't please know the do. answer, but uh, if anybody <laughs> does, please post up. I would yeah. love to. I think too. we're. I think we uh, nailed it, though. I think we're pretty close. I, I, I think Josh has the uh, the lead on this one, right? <laughs> at least yeah. for unsolved mysteries. Uh, I'm going with your theory. All right, so the next question comes to us from uh, Devin Schwartz, and he wants to know, what is the best theme for a scenario game ever? Ah, good call. Either you played or you heard about or you just uh, think in general. I'm a Simpsons fan, and I'll be honest with you, when we did a Simpsons game, that was right up my alley, and I thought that was the greatest. Um, I also liked the Trek Wars game that we had been to. Um, not really a Star Wars fan, more of a Trekkie than a Star Wars guy, but I still appreciated it, and I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Joe's going to say probably Vietnam. Yeah, some Vietnam game. I, you know what? I like some of the current stuff we've done, but you know, some of the various missions that we've done in Phoenix Projects were pretty cool, like Dark Continent when the guys were digging up diamonds in the sand under fire with little shovels from the dollar store. That was fun, or when... They had to shoot the kite down with a drone. Those all were pretty cool. <laughs> it's a counterterrorism. That was fun. Yeah. Um, Eric Engler says, full the gap. Plug, plug, plug. Um, <laughs> Cameron Turnbull says, Mad Max theme with vehicles is perfect. We had, I, I like your idea. We had a game that was a CIA kind of game, and we had two vans, two DEA they were Chevy Vandura vans that ran. We had them painted up and stickered as DEA trucks. And uh, we would drop vanfuls of people in certain parts of the field. I don't know how the whole game played out, but I just remember that. And I remember that was so cool. You just open up the door as you're just slowing down the van and you're kicking these paintball players out because they're under fire as they're coming out of these vans. It was great. It was pretty cool. That was at, that was at our, middle, our middle field. And that had it was pretty neat because it had that whole ring road around it and a bunch yes. of intersecting roads so you could yeah. you could get to point a to point yeah. b in relatively easily problem is people were figuring it out halfway through the day and they were following the vans <laughs> 
They knew they were, and they were yelling, fresh fish. <laughs> uh, so, Devin, to answer your question, I'm going to go the political route. So I've done a number of different scenarios, and I've enjoyed many. Um, but I think what the best scenario ever is, whatever translates to the people. Um, so we talked about this numerous times over the course of the show uh, about, you know, teams who show up in, in, in jerseys and in uniforms and sort of just play the game. I'm always impressed and love the fact that people source out costumes and spend that extra time and effort into it. So any game that lends itself to people coming up like cosplay like um, playing in costume and character, then if it translates well, then that's the best scenario ever. Yeah. Right. Because, again, it's so much easier to see a costume versus an armband. And it's so much nicer to see people who get into the spirit of the game because you know when those people are dressed up, you know when they've sourced their costume and put it together, they're there for the storyline, they're there for a great time, and it has less to do about the about the win and more yeah. about the the experience. So yeah. that's that, that's the best scenario ever when uh, you have more people in costume versus uh, versus uh, team uniforms yeah. and, uh, and, sure. and what have you. Uh, Jason Cooper that. says, uh, I miss that old field. Happy Holton says, Viper, uh, any of the Viper games. And then Mike Grizzly Grub, nice to see you back, sir, says, any surprise helicopter assault? Yeah, sometimes those are great, <laughs> but they also sometimes piss people off too, which is kind of part of the fun too. Um, Matt, uh, Josh, and I had an opportunity to ride in a tank at Full the Gap, and that was a pretty fun thing for a little while. I, I don't know if I uh, could do that for shrap. the day. But that, I mean, that was that was fun for the time. That was awesome. We shot we shot a lot of paint. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, I ran out of air. I ran out of air in that yeah. tank. Roger Weiber says the pirate game at Sherwood Forest uh, had lots Arr. of pirate costumes. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite ones was the uh, Water Wars at Flag Raiders. Yeah. And uh, it was sort of a post-apocalyptic type yeah. thing, and we had giant water jugs out of the field, right? And Joe had his barter uh, with his son in the staging area, using water for different props and stuff we could use on the field. That was that was a lot of fun. It was very interactive, and I just I remember it being a good day, and like people took all kinds of old equipment, modified it a little bit. Like there's a ton of people dressed up. It was a lot of fun. I took old, I went to TSC and purchased a bunch of potato sacks like that. Yeah. And, and, and got my mom, who, you know, was very handy to sew together a shirt, like with with hood. So um, that's the kind of spirit I was, you know, I, I really miss about uh, many scenario games right now. It's like thinking outside of the box and looking and yeah. sourcing out costumes yeah. and then people getting really into it. And you don't have to spend a, a ton of money. Like the Vietnam games, there was like people used to buy black scrubs and be uh, BC. So the rice hats yeah, yeah. i have a i don't want no scrubs on game because i have a box full of black scrubs <laughs> yes. black scrubs and, and shirts and pants that, that people could sell and we could have bob spike bob spisser, spisser. Could, be, yeah. could be the whole Viet Cong <laughs> team that's but you it. know like going to going to the thrift stores and like you know finding that piece and putting it together because one you you, you want something that looks uh, your part and you also don't want to spend a whole lot of money on it so some people can't kind of be that creative or get that many costumes together so Bobby Doust has a good suggestion he says what about a naked paintball theme just wear your goggles there you go uh, two words come <laughs> to, I got I got nothing <laughs> two words come to mind and it's hard and no yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin said uh, fallout at flag Raiders was good uh, those bottle caps yeah yeah, yeah. Good scenario. Yeah. I think, as Gavin says, what, whatever the scenario is, it has to appeal to as many people as possible because most people at big games just want to play paintball, not necessarily get involved in the mission. So if you can get them interested in the storyline, we did a trailer park game. That was also a, a big hit because everybody wanted to know because, you know, the cards were funny and things were good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we move on, Gavin? Can we cinch up your sack for a little yeah, bit? Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to cinch up my sack. And uh, if you have any questions you'd like to address on mail time, uh, send it to showbehindthebunker.com or post in our social medias, and we'll address it here on mail time. Yeah. yeah. Two things I want to get to real quick before we uh, end the show on Facebook, but continue on YouTube and record our uh, our podcast. Um, I'm going to throw myself under the bus. I posted these pictures on Facebook this week on my own personal account. But there's your, there you go, guys. We, my team was sponsored by eggs, apparently, because all of us had not only the Smart Parts jersey, but the VL 
egg loaders. When I saw that picture. That's the first thing I noticed. Exactly. And I think I have one more here. Yeah, there you go. There's me playing. You can see how I, w I was trying to hide that egg so it didn't get shot. <laughs> I didn't want my... But I also appreciate yeah. the tucked in shirt. Well, yeah, Very that was dapper. the series. We Very had to do dapper. that. <laughs> um, we also have uh, somebody who's looking for an appraisal. Uh, we have little Joey Kimson here who has a couple items that he wants to sell, but he's not really sure how much uh, it he should sell it for. So let's 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 have a look at these. Uh, I don't have theme music, unfortunately, um, but here we go. So here are some WGP barrels. These are. Is this a caner, Joe? That is. That is a caner. I guess it would be. It's just two tone. Yeah. You're it's right. A, it's, I think it's, I'm pretty sure the backs are stainless. I'm not sure. So that's a WGP caner kit. The, I have four four backs or five backs and three fronts for that. That, that I'm looking to see what that's worth. So it, it creates it. There's another one somewhere. And then I have a tactical one with four backs and three fronts that I'm interested in what people think it's worth. Yeah. Now, for those of you that may not know, uh, the Caner kit was shoes. probably one of the best barrel I kits. I, I don't know. I think that we've. I mean, they're they're still probably one of the best barrel kits you're going to find. Um, I, I I and th this is back when sizing paint really wasn't a thing. You know, it's not as common as it is now, right? I like how you get to see Joe's sturdy footwear in the bottom of that. That is my in, in, interesting. Those story are his about indoor sturdy footwear. Those, those are my, those, those came to me from George because footwear. I want, I want, I wanted those shoes and they, they won't export them out of the U.S. So I had to have them sent to George. And then George sent them to me. Yeah. So, John, thank John. you, Mister. Hey. hey, here's your boots. Hey, John Jones wants to know what thread those are. Those, those barrels are. Oh, no, 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 no. They're EMF 100s. John Jones, they're EMF 100 <laughs> threads. So there you go. Planet Eclipse EMF 100s. They'll also fit autocockers. Um, is that a boomstick in the background? No, that is that is the caner kit. It's a caner kit. WGP knows they're all sized backs. Yeah, and then you get three different tips on there as well. You get a, I think you get a 10, a 10 or a 12, a 14, and a 16. Yeah. Jason Cooper like, says a hundred bucks. I, 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 I crazy. I think, I think he's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Con Connor Bryant's hit it uh, on the, the nail on the head in the chat. There says firstborn child is the price in Australia. It's about the price of a firstborn child here in Canada too. I would say it's about four wallabies for you. Where is that from, John <laughs> Jones? He says I'll buy that for a dollar. Where is that from? I've heard it before. I know it's a reference to a television program, but I don't know where that's from. It's not Benny Hill. Maybe he'll post. Uh, no, we'll stop the show and Google it. Yeah, could we? We have time. So there you go. Uh, Jason Cooper says, okay, not 100 bucks, but $110. Yeah, I don't know. I think me personally, I wouldn't ask for anything less than 200 bucks oh, for it. That's exactly. from Robocop. Is it? I'll buy that for a dollar. It's from Robocop. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think that's originally from something prior to that. But whatever. SCTV says Bab Spisser. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bab. <laughs> Losing fans one at a time. Yeah. Well, if you can't piss them off, yeah. <laughs> we can't offend Bob. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> no, he's had to go through his whole life with that mug. Of course, he's. Joe, this isn't going to offend him. Joe, we can't offend him, but it's not going to stop us from trying to show. That's true. That's true. Uh, on point construction, home repair. If you guys are looking for some home repair, says they're worth two hundred bucks. Yeah, he's probably right. As I said, I wouldn't give it up for less than two hundred bucks. Problem is, most people won't realize what they have there, so it's going to be a hard sell. But I, I, I think it's definitely worth it. Two hundred U.S. dollars. I don't think I would. I don't think I'll part with. I would part with it for two hundred U.S. dollars. Yeah, maybe two hundred U.S. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mull it over a bit. Yeah. Tell them it's cash and they're crisp. Oh, well. Hey, guys, if you're watching us on Facebook, we're going to say farewell to you. Um, we're going to continue to broadcast on YouTube, and we're going to continue to record for our after show slash podcast. Um, so thank you very much for, for watching us on Facebook. Share this to anybody that uh, any of your paintball groups, any of your uh, your friend circles that you can. 
and uh, try to educate people that uh, on, on the fact that the show is live every Monday night. We would really appreciate it. And hit that like and share on your way out. Gavin, thanks for joining us on the pre-show. Always great to be here, folks, and I appreciate everybody's support, both in the chat forum, in Facebook land, and in YouTube land. Uh, we'll see you next week. Make sure you let somebody know uh, you're doing this on Monday night. For sure. Thanks, Joe, for being on the show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, tolerating, and looking forward. And we'll see you next week with another vault and maybe the same Tiger Stripe hoodie because it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget to head on over to Facebook or sorry, YouTube, guys, if you want to keep watching. Uh, good night, Josh. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me yet again. And uh, thank you to all 64 shares that we had out there. One of those is mine, so I'm not going to count it to 63. <laughs> um, to the rest of you uh, who didn't share, you're dead to us. And as always, folks, don't forget to help control your local airsoft population. Have your local airsofters spayed or neutered. All right. And uh, thank you, Screech, for being on the show tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. R.I.P. Mr. Screech. Really? Yes, R.I.P. <laughs> Mr. Screech. Hey, I have to end up on a high note. So, guys, thank you for watching us on Facebook. If you're watching us live right now on YouTube, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Don't be a freeloader. If you liked what you hear, make sure to hit the share button below. Also, follow us on our social media outlets like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, ICQ, and now MySpace. If you want to join the conversation, post your comments and we might read them on the show. <laughs> we sh oh Jesus! We should find. Uh, we're we're back live, guys. We should find out. Uh, we should create a home for where he lives. Is it Alabama? No, Bob. No, he <laughs> lives in he lives in Vermont. Uh, I don't know. Spitzer's not a Vermont name. I'm Bab. Well, Babbitt. Babbitt. Well, if it's Bab, then it's New England. Or Baston. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it could be from Baston. Yeah, Bab Spisser. <laughs> Bab Spisser. Do you know where Bab Spisser's khakis are? <laughs> All right. So welcome back to our after show, guys. Nice to see a lot of you guys are piling into YouTube. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, YouTube, if you guys are watching us, always hit that thumbs up button and always put a comment in that for some reason helps our algorithm and, and gets us going. So thank you. Thank you for, for joining us again tonight. Um yeah, that was a good show. I enjoyed that. I, I, what, what would make our, 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 our highlight reel? Um, if you weren't here, <laughs> that's not very nice. That <laughs> uh, was cold. Cold blooded. Cold blooded. Too bad this is the after show, so that won't make the instant replay. I guess I'm not back next week. Everyone, you guys know what I had week. to drink tonight? What did you have to drink? Well, what comes in maraschino cherries soaked in moonshine? Diet, uh, Coke, is that... Diet Coke and cherry something. Is that uh, from um, our mm -hmm. friends in Elmira? Our friends in Elmira. What is that again? I don't what, know. What is it called? I can go look on the label in the fridge. Oh, uh, it's fine. Oh, well, speaking of which. Oh. What do you got there? Are you going to shave again? Um, I am going to <laughs> shave when uh, lockdown is over. So this is my COVID. Um, I'm homeless looking anyway because I don't have to go anywhere. Uh, so when we officially get out of lockdown, I'm going to shave and take it off and oh. look presentable again. So yeah. that's what I'm doing. So, oh, what I was saying to, to Joseph, this is what you got to pick up, my friend. Um, so for those who don't know, Murphy's Law um, Distillery in Elmira Um is a moonshine company and they serve a mason up again yeah it's a like a spout that just screws on top of uh your mason jar so classy's it so you're more classy drinking from a mason jar <laughs> no it's well, just, no it's because it's hard to pour out it helps with spillage oh, and, okay. and the more moonshine you have you want to save it as liquid gold so okay. yeah, yeah so no nice. more licking it off the counter as you spill it. You're trying to pour it here. Tom McIntosh says he ordered some Murphy's Law last week. It's moonshinery. <laughs> maybe it's somebody can uh, maybe somebody can help me out in the live chat. Um, I haven't been to North Carolina in a while, but I was telling the guys that moonshine was traded down there like a commodity. How people would, you know, I saw them at the paintball field trading guns for moonshine or, hey, I owe you a hundred bucks. Here's X amount of moonshine. Is that still done or now that moonshine is kind of now regulated and more available, is that still something that happens? Um, I'm curious. I, I remember seeing that somewhere else. I think it was, maybe it was EMR. Where somebody's coming up, like it, it, like as soon as he arrived, like everyone was like to the back of his truck, 
Oh, like um, people lined up with that. And he, he had these giant mason jars, and in it was half an apple and like two cinnamon sticks. Now, Joe Perez, they like, used to have their, like, their oh juice, goodness. wasn't it? Um, he almost got in trouble. It was uh, out of mason jars, too. It was like whatever concoction they had. So, anyway, I guess. Pod juice. Gavin, it's called Cherry Bomb. Podstines. Cherry Bomb, okay, yes. So, yeah, we're on a, you know, BTB's on a big moonshine kick, and hopefully we get a sponsorship soon because, uh, damn, it's tasty. So, I'm as soon not sure as you, you guys... said that, now all I have is Cherry oh. Bomb by what's his oh, face right. in my head. Outside the club. Cherry bomb. <laughs> well, who's I that? I have no uh, idea what you're talking John about. Cougar don't John Cougar John Cougar Mellencamp. Don't you dare tell me you don't know Jack and Diane. That wasn't it, but oh, that was Jack and Diane. Jack. No, no same album, caramel, just same artist. Caramel into my coffee tomorrow morning. Caramel moonshine into my coffee. John's in his yeah. own world. So, so George Hayes says Outcast Lemonade. Okay, thank you. David me. David Reed says that True Moonshine, yes, is still traded, not the store bought crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's not crap. You're not going to go blind, you know, for sure. Someone's trying to phone you from Flag. No, the, the secret is. Nine o'clock yeah. at night. The secret is to put it in a little cup and set it on fire. If it's blue, don't drink it. If it's brown, drink it down. <laughs> Apple well, actually, pie moonshine sounds good. If it's good. blue, it burns too hot, which means the alcohol level is too high and you might actually go blind if you drink it. Yes. Anyway, we're derailing the show with uh, with moonshine talk. Well, Happy Holton that says that yeah, <laughs> we have no show. Happy Holton says I can confirm nor deny the existence of various stills on various fields. <laughs> all right, um, you know I would like a Happy Holton map to all the good fields. Is that why his name's Happy Holton? <laughs> <I think so. laughs> He's the happiest. Yeah. Hopefully, a seeing eye dog can uh, attend as well. What about uh, uh, trying to think of the I other song? That's what the tank, I swear that's what the tank was running on yeah. at uh, Super Game 2 that Shrek had us in. Yeah. Apparently, Happy Holton lives up Copperhead Road. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was trying to go with that. I couldn't I couldn't remember it. It was uh, a long way to go. <laughs> it sure was. It was an awkward <laughs> pause. Yeah. David Reed says, I guess that's why I have to wear glasses now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well done. Yeah. Well, they stopped making FUD after all the hillbillies were going blind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, why don't we wind this thing down? It's not going anywhere (laughs) tonight. Okay. (laughs) Start. What are you talking about? Oh, Parker has just arrived. You come down here earlier every week. I'm not going to finish earlier just so you can. Parker done pissed off old men. And then you sabotaged my bell. Put this little piece of paper in there so I don't. It doesn't ding. Full screen, please. Full screen. Joe, tell. Getting it hard on live. Tell him that you ordered a bell loudener on Amazon today. I bought now. Yes. (laughs) I looked in here and it had your fingerprints on this piece of paper. I use my spy shit. (laughs) Before I was running. All these other guys, all my friends are online, and they're ringing their bells, and I ring mine, and it so- it sounds anemic. <laughs> Maybe you should ring Parker's bell. <laughs> not on air. Not, not on air. Need to respect yeah. my bell. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. This is you know, and here's poor Parker in grade ten in high school or tenth grade for our American friends. Strand hasn't been in school and ha- missed half a grade nine, so he's going to go back. And when we finally go back to school, and all all these all these young lasses will be far more nubile than they were before. So good for him. He's, it's like the evolutionary point. Are you pimping out Parker? On I'm not Zoom? pimping him out. I'm just oh. like high school. You know, some people liked high school. I really I really enjoyed high school, and it was when I was involved with student activities and and stuff like that it was a good it was a a good part of my section of my life you know growing up from you know and good experiences and 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 you know a lot of these kids are missing a lot of their not a lot but a portion a portion of their you know life and their development i feel bad for anyone that's you know well you're missing a quarter of it quarter of it. Okay, 9, 10, 11, and 12. That's four yeah. grades. Miss a quarter of it. Yeah. Or a quarter and a half almost. 25% of stuff. And, you know, 
but I, I feel bad. And we have we have conversations frequently when he talks to me when he's not got his earbuds in, listening to some something or, or his Xbox. But you know, whatever. It, it's I feel I feel you know definitely feel bad for for sure. But do you think it, his age group is more social than we yes. were at his age group because he can converse with more people, or do you think that? It's it's not social because it's just it's there and it doesn't mean anything. Like when I was social, when I was his age, I had to be nice to people. I had to we had to become friends. We had to have a commonality. We had to do things together with online. Like, I mean, you have friends online that you probably never even met or it's only like, met her yeah, once or it, twice. But, it, but yet you're but it's not it's not the same. It is no, not, it's not the same, the same at all. It's definitely so, not. I mean, we're all driven for connection, right? So uh, this it's, it's a biological drive and a biological need, right? Just um, in time to bring up our new sponsor oh. tonight, guys, Tinder. <laughs> yeah. what's, but, but what's the what's but, the percentage? But, like ninety percent of communication is non nonverbal, verbal, right? And so this yeah, like, so you're missing even, it. Even what we're doing now is a really hard skill, right? So we're not used to the online world, and we're all learning to adapt to that, right? But um, Joe, what are you getting to? The whole high school experience too. Academics is only one part of that, right? So I there's know. the social pack uh, part of it uh, in terms of figuring out your identity, which kids have to do, right? They have to try on new hats in terms of figure out who they are, uh, explore their own interest in clubs and activities and extracurricular stuff outside of school as well, right? So um, there's a lot of that stuff that's missing in, for the world in general. So yeah, I think adolescents right now are... Um, are, are suffering right and yeah. so i that rebound what's going to happen eventually when the world opens up at least in canada i don't know depending on what state you're you're watching from uh maybe just business as usual but um at least here in, in ontario canada um things are locked down so there's been a lot of deprivation of um of, of that exploration right yeah. so as kids are trying on their new hats and new identities so uh it's it's tough and i think there's going to be um it's going to it's going to be really really challenging moving forward to fill those gaps and I'm hoping that translates back to the paintball world when people are just looking to get out and connect with other people and do activities that are outside of their home. So yeah, people are, people are trying, they're looking for any way that they possibly can get entertainment. It's hard. I mean, I go for three walks a day, you know, if I can't, if the dogs don't want to go, cause I've tired them out. Like I'll just go by myself. Cause I just, I need to do something, you know, get out of the house. But when I was Parker's age, I remember, you know, around that age where we were all waiting to get our license and we were researching cars and we'd hang out with friends that were just old enough to have cars in the parking lot and we'd all have part-time jobs saving up money and that was our commonality was cars and it's because that was your only freedom, right? Um, Parker had a, a part-time job lined up at Chicopee, went through all the training. Chicopee is the local, the local ski hill here in, in Kitchener, Cambridge. For anyone that doesn't know and isn't going to bother Googling it, what the hell is he talking about Chicopee now? Yeah. Um, anyway, he had a, a part-time job. He did all his training and he, and he never even had a chance to go work there yet for the ski season because um, it's, it's skiing's closed down, you know, because of the, we're worried about the, um, the potential spread of COVID as well. So um, he hasn't even had a part-time job. He, he did work for obviously at Flag Raiders and he thought that was the best possible job in the whole wide world. And I was the best boss ever. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Parker's going to anyway, have a you know, meetup it, soon. He, he, he Parker's going to have a YouTube meetup soon. But anyway, you know, he, in all you know, fairness, he also brought five of his female friends every time he came to work. Yes, that's yeah. right. Um, so that you know that you know, I feel I feel I feel bad bad for him. I feel bad for any kid that's trying to maneuver, but any adult like there's you know lots of people that aren't leaving their houses and exactly everyone's life you know everyone's life has been turned upside down. It's not necessarily just. But uh, think of the I, single I, people that oh. are trying to date too, Joe. Like, I, I mean, I don't know anyone who's single, but I mean, if they were, how would no, you? We don't know anybody. How would you date? <laughs> <laughs> But that's uh, got to be hard. Like you get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you get a girl, you get your hooks into a girl online, let's say, right? And she's digging your flow and 
What and what do you do next? It's not like digging your flow. Yeah, digging, digging your flow. He's talking about that. Are you doing fishing? Digging your flow, baby. We gotta fix that. Anyway, you can tell how the last time I was single was off track. But anyway, but no, but think regardless, he's still down here earlier than he needs to be. But think about you know like how okay you get you get your girls hooked and you how what do you do now? You can't go to a restaurant. You can't really go to a bar for drinks. You can't go to a park. You do a Zoom conversation. And you <laughs> it's all at... about personality. <laughs> it's all about that flow. Yep. <laughs> all right. Garbage all night. Right. You gotta go. All right. What we're going to do, guys, is we're going to end the show here, but we're going to pretend after the show's off that we're still live to further piss Parker off. But uh, so yeah, thank you guys for <laughs> <Just> smiling, Jim's <laughs> face. We're, we're going online, baby. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is our twenty-four hour show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to get up and go to school tomorrow. Oh, there isn't any. Sorry. Yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to end it right now. If you guys are watching us on YouTube again, hit that uh, thumbs up. Hit uh, hit a comment on your way out. Hey, don't forget to subscribe so you are, are told whenever we're live as well. That would be that would be helpful. And if you guys are enjoying what you're hearing, head on over to anywhere that you get your better podcasts from. We're there for some reason. And download us, put us on your phone, and listen to us at work, school, wherever. Um, we'll try to keep you guys entertained. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for, for watching, and uh, thank you guys for being on the show tonight. Thank do we, you. Do we? Do, do you guys have anything you want to say? A farewell, or should we just? I hope you know what. I hope every we see everybody next week tuning in, and you know if you could t like and share and get your friends to join us, and you know. David Reed says behind the bunker after hours. David, we've done that before. It gets us into trouble. <laughs> we'll have to do it another time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Yeah. All right, see ya. All right, guys. Farewell. See you next week. And welcome to Behind the Bunker. If you like tonight's show. It is turned into a podcast and you can find hundreds of them at Apple Podcast or through Spotify or any other podcast platform in the known universe. If you want to